Boker Tov, good morning. Welcome everybody to the Aliyah Day. I am Rabbi Mordecai Griffin, the founder of Lapid Judaism, the rabbi of Sarshalom Synagogue, coming to you live from the uh, metropolis of Saginaw, just north of Fort Worth. It is a joy and a great blessing to be with each and every one of you, all the precious people who are watching from across the fruited plain. We want to say good morning. To everybody in the, the United States, we want to say good evening to our friends watching from Europe and from uh, Asia and from Africa. I guess it's evening in Africa, probably uh, parts of it anyway. So welcome. Glad you're here. <clears throat> it is a joy, a great honor to be with you. It is a winter time here in the North America. It is... Summertime, I guess, in South America. That's why we know there's not a flat earth. Hello. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome. This is the Aliyah Day. If you have the Art Scroll Chumash, we are going to be on page 275. Bienvenidos, Shem. Boker Tov. Buenos dias. Glad you're here. By the way, uh, the Borarios and the uh, Bowers... Uh, have a beautiful synagogue, Sar Shalom Synagogue there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Beautiful Tulsa, which is actually rather beautiful. One of our daughters lives there now. Hello, Rachel. And uh, anyway, if you are in the Tulsa area, Sand Springs, if you live within 100 miles of Tulsa, you want to go to the synagogue. It's amazing, beautiful people. You want to go there and be a part of it. We have a Lapide house in Kansas City. If you're in the watching and you happen to be watching from the Kansas City region, live within 100 miles of Kansas City, we have a Lapide house there. Same thing in Houston. Houston's a big area, though. I'm hoping that we'll have uh, multiple Lapide houses one day in Houston. That's a very, very large uh, area. And uh, we have a Lapide house in Lower Hudson Valley in Nueva York, otherwise known as New York. And uh, we have people scattered everywhere. People in Boston, people in Florida, people in uh, Kentucky. We even have somebody who watches, bless their lovely hearts, from uh, Hawaii. And I, I would love to have a Lapid house in Hawaii. Please make that happen. Uh, I would love to come there and do like a six-week series. I'm just saying. <clears throat> anyway, um, chapter 49 is our fourth Aliyah today. We have lots to share, so let's get right to our reading and see what we can make happen. Baruch Hashem. It says, Then Yaakov called for his sons and said, So Yaakov's getting ready to pass away, so he wants to say a blessing to his sons. Very powerful, the fatherly blessing, by the way. You know, I want to say something just really quickly. This thought, random thoughts popping into my, my mind this morning. I said this when I was giving the lecture on uh, the basics of Judaism, which somebody sent me a message, or maybe they asked me a question on Ask the Rabbi. I forget. Stuff comes to me so many different ways, sometimes I forget. Might have been a carrier pigeon. But anyway... Uh, they asked, where can I go to get basic information about to learn more about Jewish traditions? And uh, the good news is I, I did that video on Judaism. I think it was an hour or two long, something like that. But anyway, it's chock full of stuff. You can find that on the uh, Sar Shalom YouTube page, I think. Um, so it's there. But anyhow, I said there, <clears throat> if you really think about Friday night, Erev Shabbat, take away all the religious stuff out of it, Okay. Um, the fact that we gather around our tables every Friday night with our family 
and the uh, the father uh, or the mother, if there's a single mother, but in any case, the father speaks a blessing over the children, lays hands on his children, speaks a blessing over them. In our house, as many Lapid houses, when we have grown children, adult children, we mention their names and their wives' names and very often our grandchildren's names and speak a blessing over them. Then we speak a blessing over our wives and the wives speak a blessing over us. And we have this nice meal together. We talk about godly things. If you think about it, just remove the religious stuff for, for a moment out of that. Nothing but good can come from that. Imagine what would happen if all the families in your city or your town, wherever you are, imagine if all the families did that. How would that transform the community? So the blessing of the father, the blessing of the parents is very important. So we have here Jacob wanting to bless uh, his sons. So it says, Then Yaakov called for his sons and said, Assemble yourselves and I will tell you what will befall you in the day, end of days. Gather yourselves and listen, O sons of Yaakov, and listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my strength, my initial vigor, foremost in rank and foremost in power. <clears throat> Water-like, impetuously, you cannot be foremost because you mounted your father's bed. Then you desecrated him who ascended my couch. One of uh, Reuben's downfalls, by the way, was anger. So we have to watch that because anger is a very negative uh, trait. And we have to do what we can to try to avoid it as best we can, and I should say, at all costs. In verse 5, Simeon and Levi are comrades. Their weaponry is a stolen craft. Into their conspiracy may my soul not enter. With their congregation do not join, O my, on, o my honor. For in their rage they murdered people, and their whim they hamstrung an ox. Accursed is their rage, for it is intense, and their wrath, for it is harsh. I will separate them within Jacob, and I will disperse them in Israel. So again, anger being a issue here, this time going a step higher to rage. So it says here, <clears throat> verse 8. Judah, you, you, your brothers, shall acknowledge your hand will be at your enemy's nap. Your father's sons will prostrate themselves to you. A lion's club is Judah from the prey, my son. You elevated yourself. He crouches, lies down like a lion, like an awesome lion, who dares rouse him. The scepter should not talk, depart from Yehuda, nor a, a scholar from among his descendants forever, for Shiloh shall arrive, and his will be an assemblage of nations. We're going to spend some time talking about that at some point. It says here, He will tie his donkey to the vine, to the vine branch of his donkey's fowl. He will launder his garments and wine and his robe and the blood of grapes. Red-eyed from wine and white tooth from milk. Verse 13, Zebulun shall settle by the seashores. He shall be at the ship's harbor, and his last border will reach Zidon. Issachar is a strong-boned donkey. He rests between the boundaries. He saw tranquility that it was good, and the land that it was pleasant. Yet he bent his shoulder to bear, and he became an indentured laborer. <clears throat> Verse 16, pardon me. Dan will avenge his people. 
The tribe of Israel will be united as one. Dan will be a serpent on the highway, a viper on the path that bites a horse's heels so its rider falls backward for your salvation do I long, Adonai. Now that is the end of the fourth reading. We'll get to the rest of the tribes in tomorrow's reading. I want to begin where I have been uh, beginning these last uh, few days with a little snippet of history. Again, talking about the Hasidim, the sect that began in the 1700s. And uh, it was a new sect, had a new leader, a leader named the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov uh, was not accepted in any way, shape, or form by any rabbi. He, was, uh, he didn't go to any yeshiva. He didn't have any type of credentials whatsoever. Um, in fact, he literally uh, learned Judaism in a forest, uh, literally. Uh, he started a movement called Hasidic Judaism, which today has many branches. There's several branches of Hasidism, such as Chabad, Breslev, Nachman, um, uh, anyway, others. <clears throat> and so um, I've been pointing out the history of this because it's relevant to compare it to Lapid Judaism, because Lapid Judaism is also a new sect. We are not endorsed or um, blessed, so to speak, by any rabbinical uh, group, um, uh, etc. Okay? Um, naturally, why? Because of Yeshua. What's the reason we're not accepted? Yeshua, that's the reason. That's the only reason. So anyway... I want to share these two uh, excerpts from this um, history of Hasidism. It's talking about that, that book, the Toldot Yaakov Yosef. It says, um, this is the book I've been talking about the last couple of days. It was one of the principal issues. Um, they were against, the, the Vilna Gon and so on was against Hasidism. <coughs> and um, they were confronting this book that was uh, evidently one of the first published books to support that sect. And so it says here, We have heard of this book and fear for our souls. The rabbis and scholars of our time have raised their voices as one. They, so everybody, they were saying here that all the rabbis have agreed that this, um, this book is a problem. Not only is it a problem, listen to what they say. It says, they've raised their voice as one to reprimand these devilish enemies. Who are the devilish enemies here? The devilish enemies are the Hasidim. This is what the rabbis are talking about. Now, what's going on here, to put it in a modern context, is that the rabbis are getting on the Facebook pages of the Hasidim synagogues, and they're not recommending them. They're giving them zero stars or one star. And they're calling them fake and phony, and they're devils and evil and dangerous and demented and uh, confused, you know, all those kinds of things. That's what's going on. And uh, so this was saying, so they're, they're reprimanding these devilish enemies to clear the thistles from the vineyard, to cut down the wicked, the Hasidim are wicked, according to the rabbis, to shoot them down with bows and arrows. Hello, that's kind of harsh to root out and destroy their false ideas and opinions. Wow. So it says, Who rose up, taking courage in our zeal, we hurled their guilt at their heads, 
and banned and outlawed them in all, say all, all the great synagogues and rabbinical academies of our community, sending them away from our borders and rooting them out of our midst. So it, it continues in another excerpt. Let me just uh, <clears throat> share this. It says, the Hasidim, listen to this statement here, if you will. The Hasidim may their name be blotted out. Where have we heard that before? Where have we heard that before? Oh, I know. When, it, when they're talking about Yeshua, the only true and righteous Mashiach of Israel, they often say his name. Now, it's interesting, by the way. I just want to share this piece of uh, information with you. Because you'll often see in Jewish writings, they'll refer to the Mashiach as Yeshu, which supposedly is supposed to be an acronym that means, may his name be blotted out. When I was reading recently a document by the very educated, very scholarly Dr. Flusser, um, who is uh, a heavy hitter in the realm of uh, academia in the, from the Hebrew University, and he was pointing out that the name Yeshu is actually the way in which the Galileans would have pronounced Yeshua. They had a hard time pronouncing Yeshua, I guess, you know, you had kind of like a country accent, maybe. And so they would pronounce it Yeshu. That's how Kepha would have pronounced it, which is one of the ways, uh, that, one of the things that gave him away, which led to his uh, denial of the Messiah. So, so here's the, the great irony, if you will, this is how the humor of Hashem, if you will, that when the people say, they call Messiah Yeshua Yeshu in an attempt to be derogatory towards him. They're actually validating him by calling him by the name that his closest disciples called him. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It's just like in the Gospels, and I pointed this out in a drosh one time. It's just like in the Gospels when they said, Isn't this a carpenter's son? Or isn't this the carpenter's son? They meant that as a slight. They meant that as a backhanded, you know, you're just a carpenter's son. Get out of here. But the word carpenter is actually a, a word that means craftsman. Which the rabbis talk about that word that it refers ultimately to Hashem. So in, in, in being derogatory or trying to be derogatory and giving him a black a backhand saying, aren't you just the, the carpenter's son? They were actually validating his divinity by saying, aren't you the craftsman's son? <laughs> See, that's how Hashem works. When we're trying to go against his will, we end up doing his will. Why? Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Back to our comment. The Hasidim, may their name be blotted out, have separated themselves and taken the side of heresy and unbelief. Putting to naught the glory of the Torah and the laws of the wise rabbis. It is a righteous act. Now listen to this, please. It is a righteous act to uproot and wipe out idol worship wherever it exists and to scatter them, that is the Hasidim, hither and yon, like chaff driven by the wind. So according to all the rabbis of Judaism, Hasidism 
when it first got started and was going great gangbusters and everybody was uh, having a good old time <clears throat> with it, according to all the rabbis, it was nothing but heresy, wickedness, and yes, idolatry. So, when people uh, confront you and say that this Lapid Judaism is nothing but wickedness and heresy and idolatry and blah, 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 yeah, 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 I want you to remember these history lessons you've been learning right here. You've never heard this anywhere else but right here. You'll never hear it anywhere else but right here, if I could be so bold. Okay, all right, so let's get back to our insight, shall we? I hope you've enjoyed this. Many people have said they've enjoyed it, so I'm going to go with that. All right, so let me let me share something here. There's so much I could share, but where am I, I going to start? Let's go here, because I've been wanting to share a couple of insights that go back a little ways. Uh, let's see. Aha. Yes, right here. Because there's two names by which the people of Israel are called, according to our uh, commentators and insights and so on. So it says here, um, when we're talking about uh, the, the blessing given to Judah, Mayam Loez brings down something here, all right? Hopefully, for, for most of this, this will be just a, most of us, I should say, this will be a uh, affirmation. For some people, it'll be a very needed correction, because some people are very uncomfortable <coughs> being called a Jew, some people are uncomfortable with the concept of, of uh, they're not presently uh, Jews or they don't view themselves as Jews. And so they're uncomfortable with the idea of conversion to Judaism. So they've, they've bought into the Messianic Gentile idea or the Noahide idea, both of which are utterly false and have no basis in Judaism or biblical teaching whatsoever. Um, and some people buy into that. And so... I just want to say that there's a spiritual root behind everything. If somebody is resistant to conversion, very often, I'm not going to say every time, but very, very often, the root of it, if they just really get into a quiet place, look themselves in the proverbial mirror, shut out all the noise, get honest with themselves, it goes down, it goes back rather to anti-Semitism the root of anti-Semitism that I have found resides to one degree or the other in virtually every one of us. And I say us because it was in me too. What is anti-Semitism exactly? I mean, really, because people take anti people say, well, I'm not anti-Semitic because I would never put somebody in a gas chamber. Friends, that's an extreme. Anti-Semitism is ultimately anti-Messiahism. It's being against the covenant. That's what the, that's what the enemy hates. He hates the covenant. So people don't want to be in the covenant. So people don't like to be called Jews, which is totally nonsensical. Why? Because your Jew, Israelite, <coughs> Hebrew are all synonymous terms. First of all, you've got to get that down. You've got to understand that. that. Believe that, trust that, know that. All right? So you believe, worship, follow the God of the Jews, you study the Bible of the Jews, you believe in the Jewish Messiah, but you don't want to be a Jew. 
Now, when I put it like that, 99.9% of the people out there that have a brain higher than a single cell organism, the light bulb goes off and goes, yeah, duh. So why do I want to be called you? Exactly. But here's the other deeper reason. Ma'am Wes points out in this um, insight to chapter 49 and verse 10, it says, all your brothers, talking about the blessing to Judah, it says, all your brothers will be called by your name. Now, what I'm about to read is going to speak to what I just said, but it's also going to speak to why do people seemingly want to go out of their way to steal your Jewish identity from you and call you a fake Jew and say you're not real and all that stupid nonsense. By the way, you know, when we were kids, you know, you ever said, heard a kid say to another kid, you're not the boss of me. You know, when somebody tries to steal your identity, you just need to say, you're not the boss of me. <clears throat> you didn't give me my identity, therefore you can't take it away. So it says, all your brothers will be called by your name. When a Jew is asked, this is Ma'am Loez. When a Jew is asked what he is, he will not say not. He will not reply, I am a Reubenite or I am a Semenite. <clears throat> Instead, he will say, I am a Yehudi. Literally, a Judite. A Judahite, from which is derived the name Jew. Therefore, all your brothers, listen to this, all your brothers are subjugated to you, even with regard to their, pardon me, to their name. So to be called a Jew is to be subject to, to the king who comes from Judah. Conversely, if someone does not want to be called a Jew, like say, well, I believe in the Messiah, I believe in God, I believe in the Torah, whatever, whatever, but I'm not a Jew, you have to understand what you're saying by saying that. That's like saying, I live in the United States, and, uh, you know, my home is here, but I'm not an American citizen. I'm not an American. Or you could use whatever country you want to use. I happen to be in the United States, so that's what I use. That is, what does that mean? It means I'm taking, I'm trying to take advantage of all the benefits. I'm trying to take advantage of all the, the stuff here, but I'm not part of it. So people that say, well, I believe in the Messiah, I believe in God, I'm not a Jew, though. It's like, well, I'm not subject to the king. Why? Because to be subject to the king, you're called by his name. As an American, I'm an American. Why? Because I'm subject to the laws of America. To the extent that when I turned 18, like all young men in the Los Estados Unidos, I registered for the... Uh, the draft. What do they call that? I just went blank. What's that called? Something, something service. Um, somebody tell me what it is. I, I just went blank. It didn't really matter because I'd already enlisted in the Marine Corps, but I still had to register. Why? Because I'm subject to the laws of the 
Selective service. Thank you, Ari. Selective service. Thank you. So anyway, this is Yo the other name that we're called by is Yosef's name, which is interesting because in Judaism, so let me get this straight, Jews are called by both Mashiachs. Of course, it's one Mashiach, you understand. But the point being is that we're called by both names. We're called by the name of Messiah ben Yosef and the name of Mashiach ben David. So anyway, it says here, this is an insight from the Kehulumash going all the way back in Torah time to Vayetze. And it says here, may God add another son for me. So it says, this is from Capiculo 30, so chapter 30, verse 24. It says, may God add another son for me. Spiritually, Rachel's prayer encapsulates Yosef's mission in life to turn another that is a seeming stranger, someone who's outside the covenant, outside the flock, a stranger implies they're not in the family, to turn another seeming stranger into a son. So it says the mission is expressed in three ways. First, in making the mundane world which appears to be separate from God, making it to acknowledge its divine source. And second, in personal repentance through which we transform ourselves from estranged others into sons who belong. Third, in reaching out to those who seem estranged from God, revealing to them that they are God's precious children from whom living life according to God's plan is simply natural. This is why Torah observance, by the way, is so normal and natural feeling for so many people. People naturally want to be Torah observant. We're led to believe that they that it's difficult and they don't want to do it. That's the exact opposite. The soul longs for it. The whole being of the person wants it. This is why the enemy works so hard to teach them to leave it. It's, you know, it's like spiritual brainwashing. So from this name, may God add to me another son. This is Joseph's name we're talking about here. We learn from here that we have a mission to elevate all of creation to elevate ourselves, and to elevate others. This is the mission of Joseph. Therefore, the mission of Jews is to do this. So it says, third, in reaching out to... Oh, I'm sorry. It says here... I, I read that already. It says this. This transformation is alluded to by the fact <clears throat> that the literal other son whom God granted Rachel was first named Ben-Oni, meaning the son of my sorrow, but was afterward given the more optimistic name, Benjamin, the son of the south, meaning the son born. It says the son, uh, the son born in the land of Israel. So the, the, the name Joseph, meaning addition, does not apply to the transformed other, but to the person who transforms this other. This is because it says here, by transforming others, we gain additional holiness and come closer in connection with God. So the, the name that we're called by in Judaism, one of the names is Joseph. Why? Because we are supposed to be about adding others, transforming others. Now we're called Jews. Why? Because between the two Mashiachs, Mashiach ben David will reign for all eternity. May it be soon in our time. Therefore, we're called ultimately by his name. Now, about the name of Judah, the Kehot Humash brings down, also from Parashah Vayetze, chapter 29 and verse 1. Uh, 
I believe. No. Yes. It says here, no, this is verse 35. I'm sorry. It says, in naming Judah, Leah said, I will thank for acknowledging God. I will thank God. Acknowledgement implies humility, a recognition and awareness of God that causes us to transcend our limited perspectives. Judah personified the selflessness of the soul and its unconditional surrender to God. Now it says, this is why all Jews say all. All Jews, it says here, quote, regardless of the tribe from which they originate, that is completely irrelevant. All Jews are called Jews, meaning descendants of the tribe of Judah. So now we have another kind of prism picture of the name Jude. Not only does it mean that you're subject to the king, but it actually means you're a descendant of the king, regardless of what tribe you come from. So to be a Jew is to be in the family of the king. So when somebody says, I don't want to be called a Jew, just use your logical brains. All of you are very smart. You've had a cup of coffee this morning, so you're engaged. To say, I don't want to be called a Jew means I don't want to be in the family of the king. I'm going to suggest that's problematic. So it says here, since all Jews, by virtue of their souls, possess a natural selfless devotion to God that transcends and supersedes their intellectual and emotional consciousness. And it is this quality that describes the essence of the Jewish soul. End of our Aliyah today. That went by quick, but listen, we are out of time. But I promise you, we are not out of content. There is a lot more that I want to share, particularly with respect to the passage about when Shiloh comes, or Shiloh. We want to explore that. We want to look at it in its biblical and historical context and find out what it means to all of us. That will be tomorrow. We'll start out with that with God's help. Until then, may you have a beautiful and a wonderful and amazing day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. Hundreds of people watch this program every day, and it is a joy and an honor to be here with all of you. I hope you have a blessed day, a wonderful day. Stay healthy, stay happy, and stay in shalom until tomorrow. Blessings to you all.